The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but the Lord has told us in this season that the dealing of the Lord is going to get stronger, but we as the body of Christ need to continue focusing on what He has been telling us. We need to continue focusing on the promise of God and where he is directing the church. Do not focus on what the media is talking about. Do not focus on the circumstances around you. You need to focus on where the Spirit of the Lord is leading you. You should treat the Word of God like that lighthouse that's leading you through the storm to the land. Just like Peter, when he walked on water, So long as he was focused on Jesus, right, he was able to do the impossible. He walked on water so long as he kept his eyes fixed on Christ. He was able to do that. But the second he began looking around at the waves and at the thunder and the lightning, that's when he began to sink. It is the same in these days. You see, Satan has no power over us. And the only thing that can stop you is if you get distracted and stop focusing on what God is telling you to do. Because only those that are able to commit 100% to God's ways of doing things, those are the people that God is going to use mightily in this season. And brothers and sisters, truth is, time is of the essence. We don't have a lot of time left The truth is, we need a move of God today more than ever before because a move of God is what's going to bring healing to broken families. It's going to bring healing to broken relationships. The cultural situation that's going on right now in the education system, in politics, any kind of economic circumstances, right? To get this country where it needs to be, we need a move of God. And we don't have any time to waste. We cannot put our trust and our faith in politicians and any kind of companies. We have to put our trust and faith in God, which means we need to focus on where God is leading us. Because the scripture tells us is that those he anoints, those he appoints, those are going to be the ones that are going to rebuild the ancient ruins, those places long desolate. You look at what happens with the marriage rates in this nation, right? That's a desolate ruin. You look at what's going on with so many kids being confused about their gender identity and all of these things. That's another desolate ruin that is going to be built up by the people of God. There are so many people out there that are so lost, that have no idea what their purpose is. They have no meaning, no purpose, no sense of belonging. They are living a tormented existence. But the people of God 
can be the light shining in the dark place. But we have to focus on God's ways of doing things. The scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You see, the Lord anoints us not for ourselves. It's not to build up our own ministry. It's not to prove that we're anointed. No, the Spirit comes upon us so that we can bring the gospel to others and so that we can bring the freedom that he brought us, the same freedom that Jesus gave us, we can now show that way and introduce people to that freedom through the Spirit of the Lord, right? So the Spirit of the Lord's upon me, right? To heal the sick, to cast out demons, to build up those broken ruins. Verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And you see, that's the other reason why the Lord anoints us, is so that we can showcase his splendor and glory. Now, verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You look at what's happened to the family unit in this country. That is a ruined city that has been devastated for generations. You look at the corruption in Washington. You look at what's going on in the education system, in the media. Those are all ruins that need to be rebuilt. And we will do it if we are led by the Spirit of God. We're not focusing on the world and what they're doing. We are obeying the leading of the Lord. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. So that's a transfer of wealth and affluence. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. And you will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. And as we have talked about previously here at Freedom Fellowship Church, a nation is not just a geopolitical nation. A nation is a people that is united by a similar culture, set of values. There's something binding them together. So, for example, the media industry, right, the news media industry, that's a nation. Places like Google. And Facebook, those are nations because they are united under a same identity, under a same banner. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. So, this is what the Lord is saying He wants to do, but the precursor to this, right? is that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has to come upon you, and you have to be led by the Sovereign Lord. Now, the word sovereign means that he has a rulership over you. You are under his domain. You are under his command. Right? If you go about doing things your own way, 
doing things as you please, the way that you want to do them, then the Lord is not sovereign in your life. You have to make him sovereign in everything that you do, in your business, in your romantic relationships, in your family relationships, in your friendships, in your hobbies, in every area of your life, you must make the Lord sovereign. And many times it means that maybe you're making a financial decision. It means that you consult the Lord. Lord, is this the way I should go? Because the truth is, for too many Christians, what we will do is maybe it's time to make some financial decision and maybe we will research things on Google. Maybe we'll ask a financial advisor or maybe we'll just do things. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I've got the money. Let's go do it. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Not once involving the Holy Spirit, not once even thinking about God. But if the Lord is really sovereign in your life, then you would consult the Holy Spirit first. The Lord wants to appoint leaders in every sector of society, in the media industry, politics, education, technology, all of these pillars of society. He wants to place these people. These are lands that have long been inhabited by foreigners of the covenant, people that do not believe God or even respect the idea of God. Many of them scoff at the idea of the Lord. So God very much desires that that land he would give to people that have a covenant relationship with him. But he's not going to give that power and influence unless you are 100% all the way in God's ways of doing things. We can't tarry back and forth between two opinions. We can't on Sunday say, oh yes, Lord, I surrender to you. I'm going to do everything your way. Yes, I love you, Lord. We can't do that on Sunday. And then come Monday, we don't even involve the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day decisions. Because what that means is that we'll have a kind of godliness, right? We go to church, we pray, oh, we, we really dance and sing to the Lord during praise and worship, right? We have a kind of godliness, but that means we don't live it in our day-to-day life. And if you're not doing that now, you will not do it when you have influence and power, right? If you have millions and billions of dollars and you weren't consulting the Holy Spirit before, you definitely are not going to consult the Holy Spirit when you have all of those riches. And the truth is, to be made a leader, for example, of the media or technology industries, that means you would be a person with tremendous influence to where people, any word you say, right? Oh yeah, it'll be done. I'll do it for you. Anything that you want, people will get it for you, right? You will be surrounded by many people who anything you want, anything you say, they'll make sure it's done. In those times, you really need to be somebody who can remain humble and remember that the Lord is sovereign over your life. So we have to treat him as sovereign now. So the way we can begin doing that is that we begin prioritizing God's business, right? Those things that concern God They should be the same things that concern us. You know, when Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter 1, when he had heard about what had been going on in Jerusalem, or really what was left over of Jerusalem, because Jerusalem 
have been completely destroyed, and the vast majority of its inhabitants were taken as captives. So Nehemiah, you know, there's some people that were in that area, and he asked them. He was serving under the king at the time, and he was asking them, what's happened to the remaining remnant in Jerusalem? And the response that he gets is that those who survived the exile and are back in the provinces are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, and this is Nehemiah talking, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. But you see, Nehemiah, after this period of fasting and praying, he cried out to God and he remembered the old words of the prophets and he remembered the old covenant that God made with his people. And he said, God, look, I realize that this has happened because we, your people, sinned against you. We worshiped other gods. We turned away from you. And because of that, now we have been scattered across the nations because that is what you said to Moses. That if we are unfaithful to you, you're going to scatter us across the nations. Those things have come to pass now. That's what Nehemiah said to God. But then he said to the Lord, but you also said... That if we return to you and obey your commands, then I will bring back my exiled people back to the place that I had promised them. You see, Nehemiah remembered the instructions and the prophetic words of God. And because of that, he knew what the first step forward was. The first step forward was that the people of God needed to repent. And so he started by repenting and saying, Lord, we're going to turn back to you and I'm going to do my part in making sure that that happens. You see, for us in these times, the prophetic word is like a lighthouse. When you need to know where to go, you should look at the prophetic words of God, the promises of God and his instructions. The scripture tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. You see, it's like pointing us in the right direction. So for Nehemiah, he said, wow, these prophecies have come to pass. We've been scattered around the nations, but God, you said if we repent... We'll be able to go back there. That's what you said, Lord. And because of that, Nehemiah was able to get the proper direction he was supposed to go in. So, pay attention to the promises of God and the instructions of the Lord. Those will be your roadmap. Those will be your guide in where to go. Now, after this, you know, the Lord really put in Nehemiah's heart that this city needed to be rebuilt. And Nehemiah, he was just meditating on it and thinking about it. He was really upset by it. But Nehemiah, notice, he was focused on the prophecies of God and the mission of God. And because of that, God opened the door for Nehemiah to begin doing the mission that God had for him. 
because current circumstances, it wasn't really convenient for him to go down to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding because he was the cupbearer to the king at the time. But if you read the story of Nehemiah, you'll see that Nehemiah gained favor with the king, and he was able to request that the king would be able to send him off to go rebuild Jerusalem. And Nehemiah wasn't going to be gone for just, you know, a few weeks. No, Nehemiah was going to be gone for months and months and months. But Nehemiah himself admits that it was because of the Spirit of God that he found favor with the king. He says in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8, And because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Look at this favor, how the Lord opened the door for Nehemiah, where he not only got an official letter from the king, he also got army officers and cavalry to go with him. Now what happens is that through the story of Nehemiah, God sends workers to help rebuild these ancient ruins. And there were some people that tried to oppose them, some people that wanted to try attacking them, other people that wanted to spread rumors or intimidate them. But Nehemiah was very, very studious to guard the vision that God had given him. He knew that God is the one who gave him that mission, and he wasn't going to let anybody change it. And he knew that the people of Israel needed to adhere to the laws of God if they wanted this to last. And so, you can see throughout the scriptures, and I encourage you to study it, you can see throughout the story in Nehemiah how some people give Nehemiah what looks to be an innocent invitation. But Nehemiah discerns that they had bad intentions. And so he doesn't join them. Other times, Nehemiah is getting intimidated by people. Oh, we're going to spread these rumors and it's going to get back to the king. Nehemiah, again, acted with discernment. And this is something we have to understand is that as the Lord is sending you into your mission field, and it's not necessarily a mission trip, it could be a mission field in the business sector, right? You need to practice discernment. Do not assume that you know the situation. You have to look at things in the Spirit and ask the Lord what you should do every step of the way. And I want to give you an example before I close. It says in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10, One day I went to the house of Shemiah son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, Let us meet in the house of God inside the temple, and let us close the temple doors, because men are coming to kill you, by night, they are coming to kill you. So this is a priest that's talking to him and saying, hey, let's go into the house of God. Let's shut the door so that you'll be safe and we'll be in the presence of God, right? It's got this air of spirituality. It feels good. It makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go into the house of God because people are coming to attack you. But Nehemiah doesn't take things at face value. Again, you have to look at things in the spiritual realm even if something looks spiritual or looks to be religious, right? So verse 11, so he says, Hey, 
let's go into the house of God, inside the temple, let's close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. But I said, and this is Nehemiah speaking, should I, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his own life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me. And he's talking about Shemiah. He said, I realized that God had not set Shemiah, but that he had prophesied against me. Because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would have given me a bad name to discredit me. Imagine that, a prophet of God, right? This is a prophet for prophet, being paid off by enemies of Israel to intimidate Nehemiah so that he would not continue building the walls in Jerusalem. You see, even if maybe they've been in the ministry longer than you, maybe they claim to have authority over you in everything you do, you need to judge it against the scriptures and you need to consult the Holy Spirit. Because if God gives you a mission, you would do best to make sure nobody changes that vision. And Nehemiah understood that. Right? It doesn't matter if you're a prophet of God. God gave me this vision. If you tell me to do something that is against the vision God gave me, then you are not from God. Right? We can't let the titles of men or the positions of men to change our obedience to God. Our allegiance has to be to God first before any kind of ministry, before any kind of man-made structures or institutions. We have to abide by those rules. So Nehemiah discerned that this prophet was not acting on behalf of the Lord. In the same way, do not let other Christians dissuade you from obeying God. Many times it might be dressed up as a form of spirituality, just like in the case of this prophet. Let's go into the house of the Lord. Let's do this. You must always consult the Holy Spirit, especially when God has given you a mission to follow. Those people that get the vision from God and they act on it and they take a hold of it and they don't let go of it, those are the people that are going to become influential and anointed and powerful in this season. And you should do everything you can to make sure you are among those people. I myself, I know that I want to do everything I can to make God proud so that when I see him in heaven, I know that, God, I did everything that you gave me to do. God, I did everything I could do to follow you to the fullest. And then I want to hear him say, well done right, with a big smile on his face. Because I know that we don't have a lot of time. And I know that if we continue to delay our obedience, God may have to wait for another generation. And heaven knows, I don't want to see that happen. So, I'll ask you in this day, how long will you continue to waver between two opinions? Will you make God sovereign in your own life? Will you focus on his promises and instructions? Or will you continue to do things according to your own schedule 
and according to your own ways of doing things. This is a season where and many Christians will either be classified as someone like Esau, a man who did not value the promise of God, or someone like Jacob who did. And the truth is Esau became lesser than his brother because he did not value the promise of God. Now the dealing of the Lord is going to continue to be severe, but do not focus on the turmoil in the world. Do not focus on the media. Focus on God because his spirit is with us so long as we obey him. And hey, guys, he's anointing us. Those ruined cities that have been desolate for generations, we're going to be able to take part in rebuilding them. And I'm very excited to see spiritual revival come to this nation in a way it's never come before. So I'm out of time for this week. Continue to follow and obey God. My name is Joshua Sasso. And you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.